This is an action-packed morning. <laughs> well, you just tap the person sitting next to you and ask them, did you have strong coffee this morning? <laughs> Not other strong things. Just a strong coffee. There's so many potholes for me this morning. It's, it's not even funny. <laughs> I want to I bring the conversation to the church that the world has already plugged into your home through every device, through the radio, through every magazine. You are being sex educated every day of your life. Just walk out of a building. Just drive with your eyes open. Um, and you know what? It is easier. It's really just to delay this for another year. <laughs> but um, let's, let's have a conversation. It's not that the church doesn't know what to say. It's just it's sometimes a little bit awkward. Um, and also... We are heading off relationship month, and I've got a few T's and C's. It, it's not equally relevant to everyone, and we know that. We knew that before we did the first relationship month a couple of years back. I've been running the romantic relationship month in churches I'm involved in since 2013, in May month, because it forces me to take the conversation to the church. So it's in the calendar already for next year. We will talk about it again. Um, because it's also a reminder for us, and so now we need to talk about it in our homes as well. But we know it's not equally relevant, but we do need to take the time to talk about romantic relationships because it affects almost everyone, at least very heavily, in certain seasons of their life and in other areas still but maybe less intense all right so so if you are a, for example a grandma a senior a widow it, it is not that this is not applicable to you it's just you leaning into it differently i we really want to encourage you to be a prayerful friend to your friends that are married we want you to be a prayerful grandparent. Uh, we, we want you to know, we want you to be a spiritful teacher in the schools. Okay, we, we want you to be a company owner that is present to these things in the Lord because people will come to you and they will say, my marriage is in problems. Or, okay, so, so even if it's not very relevant to you, it is at least Relevant in the sense that you are yet to mean things to other people. Are you with me this morning? So, so give us the grace for this month, okay? Give us the grace. Um, then here is a big tease and, tease and see. I wanted to do it at the end. Um, I rewrote this thing many times. That's why my heart was beating a little bit this morning. But let me start with this. I want to start with a, with a, with a section Paul write, uh, wrote in 1 Corinthians, which is, which is actually found after the, the portion we will be focusing on. I'm going to start here just to set things in place. Let me just pray for a moment. 
Jesus, we honor you in this place. And we pray that by your Holy Spirit, you will help us to understand your will for us in, in all areas of our lives. And this month may be more specific than other months in the areas of marriage, intimacy, family. We submit our hearts, our minds, our spirits to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. 1 Corinthians 6 and 7, it, it's, a, it's a masterpiece of literature. But it's not easy. It, it's not easy reading. And, 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 and the reason it's not easy is because today, if you want to know something, you can, on most topics, you can listen to an interview uh, that, that happened on some other uh, news platform or was arranged by university and you can hear the two topics or the two people um, the one asks the question the one answers the one gives a little bit of a rebuttal the other one answers again but what happens here it's it comes from the pen of one man in a book so he has received some questions but we don't we're not interrupted like the old shakespeare style paul double point then he writes and then congregation asked. So some of the things he writes is the questions they asked him. And it sounds weird. It's almost like it doesn't fit in. But that's why it's also sometimes good and helpful to have a good scholarly uh, commentary to help you because I checked every single commentary out there says the same things are his quotes of what they asked him. So that helps you. Okay, he's now stating what they asked and then he's answering. So it is a fascinating piece and we're going to unpack it a little bit. But right at the end we find this, which is odd. Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be free. Are you free from a wife? Do not seek a wife. But if you marry, you have not sinned. And if a betrothed or an engaged woman marries or a virgin marries... She's not sinned, yet those who marry will have worldly troubles. How's that for a start of relationship month? There's energy in the house. There's so much hope. And I will spare you that. Okay. Okay, he goes on. This is what I mean, brothers. The appointed time has grown short from now on. Now, this is, this is very hard to read because it doesn't make sense at first. Let those who have wives live as though they had none. Uh, you see what I'm saying? It's a tough piece of scripture. And those who mourn as though they were not mourning, and those who rejoice as though they were not rejoicing, and those who buy as though they had not no goods, and those who deal with the world as though they had no dealings with it. And here's his point. I must keep on reading. For the present form of the world is passing away. Now, there's a big T and C, term and condition, I want to just put out here. Paul is not saying, you should, if you ever have a wife, you should live like she's not there. Like, ignore her. Because <laughs> that would contradict a lot of the Bible. What he is saying is, things like marriage, this is amazing. Hey, buying things, doing business is good. 
But what he's saying, let us not forget what is important. Everything we deal with here needs to be put into perspective. This world will be passing away. So the one that needs to be considered first and foremost is God in all our dealings. If you are married, let it not be the idol in your life. If you have a wife, be so connected to the Lord that the fact that you have a wife is not the idol in your life because it will cause trouble in your marriage, by the way. That's what he's saying. If you do not have a wife, let it not upset you to such an extent as if an idol is being withheld with you so that your whole world is falling apart. This world is passing away. What is more important than having a wife or, have not, or not to have a wife is to have a Lord. That's all he's saying. So, as we are going into relationship month, know this, we are not saying everyone must or should marry. We are not saying it is the summit of life. It is not. That's what the scripture says. But those who are needs to do it right. Okay. Are you with me this morning? So I just, every now and then I'm just going to put a one liner out there. So, so marriage intimacy works what the scripture tells us. Possessions are lenses that helps mankind see and worship Christ. But it is not the lenses that are divine, but that which it beholds. It is Christ. Okay. It is Christ that is important. Okay. Right. <laughs> Sex, a strong force. Let us do this. So... What I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about three views of sex and marriage. And um, these views are, are, are they, they have been topics in the past through many platforms because they are clear in this text. I haven't preached on them, I think, for quite a couple of years. So I'm going to take this approach this morning. So let me give it to you, and then we'll unpack it as we go. Now, this will help us speak to our children, our little children. This will help us speak to our friends, because we can relate to this. The one view we find out there is um, that it is necessary, but only physical. Sometimes this view is, is quoted as sex is God. You know, when you need it, you need to take it. Okay, it takes charge of you, all right, and you submit to your impulses. So it's, the, it's necessary, but remember, it's only physical. These are only, these are only body parts that touch. Don't think too much of it. Right? And so obviously, this view is definitely mainstream media view. It's only physical. Okay. Right. And Paul, this is an amazing piece of work, has been writing on this more than 2,000 oh, 2, years ago. Right. The world does not move in a straight line. It is a merry-go-round. If you stand long enough, you see the same chairs come around. All right. Sex as gross but necessary is the other view. Okay. We find this in, in, in overcorrective communities. Like it's not, you cannot speak of it. Don't say the S word. And then you, as a child, you don't know which one, which S word is it. Okay. Because... In hierdie huis was praatie oor sikke goedie. Was praatie oor sikke goedie. Maar die maaikies by die school gaan over praat. 
they're going to drive the conversation if you don't do it. Am I right? Okay. It's gross. But I guess it's necessary because I do want the child. And I don't, I don't want to be intimate, but I want the child, so I'll do the gross thing. Okay? This is a view that we find today not so much in mainstream media, but it was also found in Paul's time. We're going to touch on it. And then we're going to touch on the view of Christ, which, of course, I can only um, share what I what is given to me, the depths of it is still unfound for me. <laughs> okay. So, so let, let me start with verse 3. Well, now I'm going to read a bigger portion of Scripture and we're going to unpack it. All things are lawful for me. Now, what? He is quoting here a saying of the time, especially in the Greek community, all things are lawful for me. Paul is not saying all things are lawful for me. He is quoting what is said in the community, all things are lawful for me. But then he says, all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. So he pushes back on that term. Food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy both one and the other. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by His power. I'm just going to make my way through the Scripture and then I'll focus on them afterwards. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the member of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that the one who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For as it is written, the two will become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside of a body. But the sexual immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that the body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. For you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. Now, concerning the matters about which you wrote, here's a quote. It is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. We need to understand how to, how to read a one-way rebuttal. Paul is not saying it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. He is quoting their question to him. All right? It is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. He answers, but because of the temptation of sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. The husband should give to the wife her conjugal rights, and likewise the wife to the husband. For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another, except perhaps by agreement, for a limited time, that you may devote yourself to prayer, and then come together again, so that Satan may not attempt, may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Okay, that's a mouthful. Now, let's focus in. The first view we get in the world, which is very prominent right now, is the necessary but only physical view. It is a view that is very lacking and will, is getting the world into a lot of trouble right now. It's coming for my home and your home. This is the idea that sex is used to gratify the necessary needs and that one should not overthink it. It is only body parts touching. Or 
sex as a tool for self-gratification. This is what I need right now, and this is what I will get right now, because I need to give my body what it needs. Okay, now, this idea was driven back then by an argument that sounds like this, and it is, we, it's still current. 1 Corinthians 6 verse, verse 13, it says, Food is meant for the stomach, and the stomach for food. Okay, can you see? They're saying these are natural things. And God will destroy both the, the one and the other. So the argument was, come on. My stomach needs bread. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take bread and I'm going to eat it. Right. Simple as that. I thirst. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take some water and I'm going to drink it. Because it is a need of my body. And once I've given my body what it needs, it is satisfied. Therefore, this is the argument, I have a need to gratify myself sexually. Similarly to the fact that I was just hungry. But now I'm not hungry. I have a need for sexual intimacy. So I'm going to take my body similar to the stomach, and I'm going to just give it what it needs. Okay. This is where the view comes from. Are you with me? All right. But Paul says, but the body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. But he doesn't just say no. He goes on to explain, and it's very helpful. Now, I just want to say we get the same view in 1 John 4 verse 2. What we get in 1 John, by this you know the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus has come in the flesh is from God. What happened there, the heresy was, people beheld Jesus living a glorious life and honoring God with his body. And they said, that man did not have a real body. It's not possible for a person to glorify the Lord like that. We know we are weak. We know we are weak like humans. And so the heresy went like this. Christ was an exalted being and his body was different to ours. That's why he could abstain from sexual immorality. But he does not know how my body feels and what my body needs. Are you with me? And so the writer writer says, watch out. If it is a spirit, a witness, a word that says that Jesus did not have a body, watch out. It is the voice of Antichrist. It's about to lead you astray. Because the same body you inhabit, he had. And he set the pattern for you to live. Very important. Now, let's go. Let's land this first part. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 14. I'm, I'm, I'm farming on in 1 Corinthians 6 and a little bit in the first three verses of chapter 7. And God raised the Lord. And will also raise us up. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. He's saying it's not only physical. Do you not know that he who joined, he who is joined to a prostitute become one with her? For as it is written, the two will become one flesh. Now, check this out. Acts 2 verse 17. In the last days, God declared that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. There's that verse. The two shall become one flesh. 
When God said, I will pour out my spirit in all flesh, every biblical scholar knows this. He did not mean he's going to put it on your fingers, on your hand. It meant your whole being. It meant your whole personhood. He would come with his spirit and fill you and touch you in places deep in your being that you will know that you are not the same. And what Paul is saying is those parts that God touches when he reaches into you and touches your full part, spirit on all flesh, those parts, the immaterial parts that lies within, they are active and goes to bed with you. Okay? That's what he's saying. He's saying, shall I be joined to a person that's not my wife and become one with her? And so what he did is he unpacked. He said, yes, the stomach is one thing. But let me tell you, sex is sacred. And it does not work like the stomach. It is not your whole being that is engaged when you eat a peanut butter broiki. Okay? But it's not so with sexual intimacy. There are different parts of you that is active. So I'm just unpacking it here. Our immaterial eternal substance is working when we have sex because it is working oneness between the spouses. And this has always been the plan of God. Are you with me this morning? Now, The way you break a person is by leading them astray in this area. If I say, I want you to be physically 100% naked and vulnerable with me. But I am not ready to commit in the same way, 100% with all vulnerability, my whole life to you. There is a connection that does not take place. God is not boring when he says sex is meant for marriage. It has always been meant to show Full person on all flesh. He'll pour your spirit on all flesh. Full person commitment on all levels would be the only place that this can work. And the moment two people becomes vulnerable and sexually active without full commitment in all the other areas, one or both feel used. And that's exactly what scripture predicts. You are asking us to do one thing here, but you're not willing to do to go. You're not willing to go all the way with me. You're not willing to say, if I lose my leg, you'll stay with me. You're not willing to say, if I lose my job, 
you'll stay with me, but I must be 100% vulnerable with you right here, right now. And we step into that trap because we think if we do it, it will lead to him or her being fully committed. It will not work. You will go to a job interview every time you go to bed. Trying to cross the bar, trying to make it performing, and it was not meant to be like that, and so it devastates people. 